You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kashevins, and this is our latest look at the Chicago White Sox. I am joined, as I am on each podcast, by Mr. Scott Merkin. Merk, um, listen, you're the White Sox beat writer. You get a lot of uh, questions flooding your email, flooding your inbox, and I'm sure the number one question uh, from the mouths of, of White Sox fans is, how did Michigan lose to Iowa uh, this weekend? How did that I happen? I saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one coming. It, it lead in. I saw, it's like a good bit from an old Johnny Carson show. You know, That's it was right. a great right. It was a great setup, and I saw it coming. Uh, you know, actually, I pretty much idle at neurotic and nervous, but I really thought that was going to be a tough game because of the fact that they'd played two road games all all season. I'm not sure who did their schedule, but it must have been a Michigan alumni. Um, one was at Rutgers, who's awful. One was at Michigan State, who's also awful. And Iowa's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but Michigan never wins there. A lot of excuses, bottom line. Iowa played a good game. Michigan was awful. We'll see what they're made of uh, from here on out. If they come back and win the next three, they're still going to play in the whatever they call it now, the football final four. If they don't, well, then I guess they weren't weren't championship medal this year. Mm. Well, it, it's still been a, a, a nice rise for Michigan. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has done wonders for those programs and also made his appearance in the uh, postseason a few, a few times too, I believe. So, you know, he did. Keeping his yeah. profile high, keeping it with, with his glove and his dad. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, well, the second most popular question among White Sox fans is, what now? What happens? Are they going to rebuild? <laughs> uh, it's something that, you know, we've, we've talked in years past even about the potential for a White Sox rebuild, and, of course, they really went for it in 2015 and 2016 and uh, with, with nothing to show for it, frankly, in the standings. So um, it certainly seems like these are the strongest hints yet uh, coming from the mouth of, of Rick Hahn uh, at the GM meetings last week. Um, not outright saying they're going to rebuild, but, but again, certainly hinting that direction. What do you expect from the White Sox this winter? I should point out Rick Hahn, also a Michigan graduate, Chris Getz, the That's new, right. uh, farm director, played at Michigan. So they're in the right direction there right go. there, just with, just with that, <laughs> those moves right there. They're in the right direction. Yes. You know, uh, Rick is kind of it's, – it's kind of almost like a puzzle you're piecing together, and each step has like kind of another clue, and you've got to get to the next step to find the next clue and that sort of thing. But here's the bottom line. I mean, there's no point – and Rick or Kenny or Jerry Reinsdorf to come out and say, yeah, we're in full rebuild. Let's get going. Let's get moving. Because, you know, I know Rick has said sort of kind of like from a competitive dealing standpoint, but as you know, Anthony, baseball is kind of a big, small community. So it's not like if Rick were to hold a press conference tomorrow and say, we're now rebuilding, the other teams would be, oh, geez, they're rebuilding. we got to go start making bids on sale and content. I mean, everyone knows what's going right. on. But I think the biggest thing is if you say you rebuild, and you have a very specific idea of what you want for Sale or Quintana or Abreu or Frazier, the list goes on, and you don't get them, well, then it doesn't look real good if you come February and you haven't rebuilt and you haven't really added on a lot either. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's sure. it's a work in progress. But I do think this is the first time since I've covered the team, well, I mean, Chris Sale hasn't been there the whole time, where I think they're seriously listening to offers. I think in the past they've listened, and if something, you know, as I, as I used to describe it, if something made Rick drop the phone and, go in another room and get Jerry Reinsdorf to come in and listen to the offer. They would listen to it, but he would say it wasn't going anywhere. And I, I don't think they necessarily want to trade Chris Sale. They don't want to trade Jose Quintana. They don't want to trade Jose Abreu. But if you're going to rebuild, you've got to trade the guys who are going to get you the most in return in the same instance. And I think, you know, there, there are yeah. three. You could probably throw Adam Eaton in there, too, four guys who would get you a great return. 
And in the same sense, I think if they're going to go rebuild, they pretty much have to go full rebuild. Now, I'm not saying they have to trade eight guys in the offseason. This can continue into the trade deadline if they're not you know, where they want to be and into next offseason as well. But I don't think you just trade one guy and then go from there. Rick, Rick did say something interesting at the GM meetings in that. He said many things interesting, I should say, but this caught my eye in that you know, he said they're still hoping to do stuff for this year's team too. So maybe this isn't going to be a seven, eight player wholesale overhaul, but I think it's going to be more than if they commit and they're really going in that rebuild direction, it's going to be more than just, you know, one guy traded and that's it. Yeah. And I, I think there's, you're right. It, it's wise from a, a public perception standpoint to not outright say it at, at this juncture. And, uh, but I got to tell you, Mark, uh, I wrote a column for Sports on Earth just identifying right. the most fascinating team from each division. I picked the White Sox at AL Central because of where this market is for starting pitching. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, you know, Rich Hill might be the top starting pitcher in this free agent market. He's in his mid-30s and, and uh, you know, had, had his injury, you know, the blister issues this year. And long story short, it's just not, a, not an inspiring market. So if you're a team like the White Sox in, in possession of two, you know, young, still controllable you know, peak sure. level arms in uh, Chris Sale and Jose Quintana. This is the conditions are absolutely right for them to get a strong return for one or both of those guys. Yeah, I think it's Rich Hill or maybe even like a Jason Hamill, right? And, and neither, yeah, neither yeah. one of those guys you'd put at the top of your rotation. Nothing against either one. They both had really sound years last year, and Jason Hamill contributed to a World Series champion, and Rich Hill to you know a, a, a league cha- or a team that reached the league championship series in the Dodgers. But, again, I don't think you build your team or build your rotation around either guy. So I know what you're saying. And I agree. I agree. It's the perfect storm for them. In the same sense, this is not a forced rebuild. This is not we have to pair salary. We have to get things out. We have to, you know, really cut way down. This is rebuild to kind of maybe take a step back for a year or two and then be really strong for four or five years, you know, along the lines of what the Cubs have done and what Houston has done. And, again, you can't match that perfectly. Maybe you surpass it. Maybe you don't hit it. But it's just, you know, guidelines. But because of that, because they have sale under control with two options through 19 and Quintana with options through 20, you know, you don't take even 95 cents on the dollar. You know, you got to get exactly what you want. You know, I mean, if, as an example, if you're going through Boston and Benatendi and Kopech are the guys you have to have, well, then you have to have them. You can't take a substitute who you're not as sold on because that's because Boston wants to keep those two guys. You know what I'm saying? And the same thing with the Dodgers. Sure. If, Urias is a guy you have to have in the deal, then you have to have Urias so you don't make the deal. It's that simple. Uh, again, it's yeah. just like, you know, fans were, there's a big uproar at the trade deadline because they made no moves except for Zach Duke for Charlie Tilson. And they're going to make, they're going to do something in this offseason. I, I, you know that. But again, I, I think you still have more time. And that's what I said at the trade deadline that you had, you know, bidders in the offseason too, more bidders there. And, and I think, you know, contenders are certainly going to look more at Sale and Quintana because they can put you over the top. But I think, any team with a good, you know, minor league talent pool that can that can meet the demands is, is you know, they owe it to their fan base to look at a player like say or Quintana because in contention or on the cusp or a little further off, those guys are going to help your team no matter where you are. Merck, I don't think you and I have spoken since uh, um, everything, basically since the season ended, and obviously since then there's been a managerial change there on the south side, and uh, you were around Rick Renteria over the course of the season. We all know. I mean, he got a raw deal on the other side of town. Um, right. You, you understand why the Cubs did what they did. Um, you know, Madden is, is, is kind of a, a generational type manager, but um, but there's no denying that Renteria got a raw deal. So what do you think about him getting this opportunity on the south side? 
Yeah, you know, I would I would say, in all honesty, I think the Cubs beat writers probably got to know Rick a little more than the Sox beat writers. Rick was, I, I think it was kind of purposely, you know, under the radar guy. I mean, he was very cordial. Yeah. You heard nothing but great reports for him as a bench coach. He was right there, Robin's side the whole seat, Robin Ventura's side the whole season. You know, maybe did a handful of interviews before the press conference to announce him as a manager, and that that was by design. He he wasn't there to be the center of attention, and he did a great job last year. I'll tell you what, I've heard nothing but just great things about him in this offseason from the organization meetings that came right before the GM meetings in Arizona, just from him being – he was out in instructionally around the same time I was there, and just people really seem to like the vibe that he's putting out there. And, you know, I think if this makes any sense, I, I would put him on the manager spectrum somewhere in between Ozzie Guillen and Robin Ventura the last two. I, I think – Rick is, and that's taking nothing away from Robin, who I, I think, you know, d- did the best job he could over the time he was there. I think Rick is a little more high-energy guy, and I, I think he were, he knows the players, too. You know, I mean, I, I don't think it was by accident. I, I know Robin wanted him a couple years ago when he was let go by the Cubs, and Rick didn't come then, but I think it wasn't by accident that the Sox brought him on all last year. You know, Robin was at the end of his contract. It wasn't like they were submarining Robin. There was a chance that, you know, even if things went well, Robin might have said, you know what, this is the time for me to walk away. And they had a guy like Rick Renteria in place. Again, just to, you know, get the lay of the land a little bit. But his full goal last year was just to be a bench coach. So I think it's a good hire. I think uh, it helps that he knows the group. It helps that, you know, he speaks Spanish fluently and can relate to to kind of all the players. Not that other managers can't, but that always is a, you know, a, a a, a, an extra note that helps you a little bit. And like I said, heard nothing but great things about him in the off season. Of course it's, you know, spring training and the regular season when it starts to count, but it seems like Sox organization is very happy with the move. And, you know, they did a nice job with uh, filling out the staff with Joe McEwing, moving to bench coach, Nick Capra, who's done a solid job, you know, kind of rebuilding the farm system that, you know, they're not there yet, but they're on the right move going to third base coach. And Kurt Hassler is very highly thought of as the minor league pitching coordinator moving to, the bullpen coach, and then Chris Gatz, as I said, taking over for Nick Capper as a minor league director. All right, there you have it. The latest from Mr. Merck. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.